Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. Good morning, everybody. Saturday morning in the Delaware Valley, 10 o'clock straight up. Along with Mike Sealski, I am Glenn Mack now. On a chilly but nice Saturday football tomorrow, Eagles uh, travel to Chicago to play the lowly Bears. Mike, how are you on this beautiful morning? I am wonderful, Glenn. As soon as uh, we finish the show up, I'm going to be heading down to the airport to fly to Chicago to cover tomorrow's game. Should Great. Be, should be a fun trip. Terrific. Should be, uh, should be a lot of fun. You and I spoke the other day, and we agreed it's uncharted territory that we are in here. Everything is going so well. So right with the Eagles that we, we as in a fan base overall, really don't know how to handle it. it it's, it's a team without a flaw, which we'll get into more in the next segment. Uh, but everything is humming right now, and there's no drama, and there are few injuries. Guys are coming back from injuries, and let me say this as politely as I can, there's no ass hats on the team. <laughs> So, what are we supposed to worry about? Now, you wrote a column today, tongue-in-cheek. Yes. I believe tongue-in-cheek. Yes, very tongue-in-cheek. Which, by the way, you know 40% of the audience would think so. That's okay. Uh, the blowback you're going to get. How can you? Well, okay. you know, it's funny, Glenn. The, the one thing I said on, uh, on Twitter about the column was that, it's the, and you know this, the most difficult task in writing is to be funny. And trying to be funny about Philadelphia sports is like juggling hand grenades. You just can't joke about it, really, because for the very reason that you said, people won't take the joke. Absolutely. Yeah, but but listen, I write it. It's a well-turned comment. Nice job. And, Thank you. Um, and essentially, you said, they could use a little drama. Yes. Uh, which I think translates to the, the people the people in, who write and talk about the team could use a little drama. Um, and so let's start with that which is kind of the principle that you wrote about and then you and I talked about earlier this week. It's like, how do we handle when everything's going right? Yeah, I think the default position or reaction amongst the fan base in general is uh, look to the sky for the falling safe, right? Like, even though the Eagles won the Super Bowl relatively recently, you know, four or five years ago, uh, even though we're just coming off of celebrating a Phillies run to the World Series. I think the, the the Philadelphia sports fans' natural position is kind of a defensive crouch, right? You want to protect yourself against the pain uh, that you assume is coming. And so that makes what's happening with the Eagles now, as you said, kind of difficult to process because there isn't anything to suggest, so far anyway, 
oh my gosh, this is going to go bad. I mean, they, they went out and, and traded for the best available wide receiver in the offseason in A.J. Brown. And it just so happens that he is also a dear, dear friend of Jalen Hurts. So it's not as if we're going to get... A.J. Brown doing sit-ups in the driveway. Uh, Stalking because, up and down the sideline. Right, right, and complaining about Jalen not throwing him the ball. Um, or, you know, we're not going to hear Jalen saying to A.J., keep my name out of your mouth or something like that. And so it's really difficult, I think, for fans to, to kind of process this because, there, as you said, there isn't anything negative going on here. I mean, they're going to get Dallas Goddard back, which should only make the offense better. Uh, They've won the last two weeks handily by three touchdowns. They've just destroyed the Titans and the Giants. And now they're facing a team that's 3-10 and and has one of the worst defenses in the NFL and can't throw the ball. So what is there to worry about? There's seemingly nothing to worry about. And I I agree with that. um, Which kind of leads to, has there ever been a softer bit of billboard bulletin board material than what we got from Micah Parsons this week. Not that I can remember. Which, listen, I know there was tremendous debate on this station. There were many people uh, who um, thought this was a big deal and he's really ripping uh, Jalen Hurts and so on. And I just took it as he was asked a question, kind of tried to dance a line of saying nothing maybe didn't succeed but that's how i took it how did you take yeah the same way you know he's on this podcast with von miller the bills linebacker great player and miller asks him about hurts chances of winning the mvp and parson says is it hurts or the team i'm not trying to make enemies i just love the game so much and i understand it so much that when things are off i just can't hold it in and he they bat the question around from there but basically what it came down to is that this is one of the rare times in sports history I could think of that someone suggested a player shouldn't be the MVP because that player's team was too good. Like, that's what this came down to. People are getting worked up about, well, he disrespected Jalen Hurts, but he did it only insofar as saying, like, the Eagles are great, and Jalen Hurts, maybe you can't vote Jalen Hurts MVP, not because he's bad, but because the team is so good or as good as he is everywhere else, the offensive line, the defense, the receivers, etc. So I, I kind of felt like we were really straining for controversy to kind of take what Parsons said and build it into something that was a shot at the Eagles or Hurts. Yeah, and the fact that he's with the Cowboys, of course, right. you know, that, that, that lets it work even better. And I'm not, listen, I'm not... I'm not saying anybody that disagrees with this opinion was trying to create something because you can interpret things any way, mm-hmm. not any way. You can interpret them how they come across to you. Um, I just think I don't think he was trying to discredit Hertz. I think he was trying to spread the team. All right, so carrying it forward to former NFL quarterbacks who are now analysts. Two of them weighed in this week, and I want to run both of these by you because okay. I think I think these really go to uh, two different extremes, and let's see what you think. By the way, 215-592-9494 if you want to talk about what we uh, just mentioned or or what we are going to talk about through the course of the rest of the day. 215-592-9494. All right, so Chris Sims, enemy of the state. <laughs> A guy who would not put Jalen Hurts in his top 40 quarterbacks, if you recall. You know what, just briefly, Glenn, you know what's funny to me about Chris Sims, apart from the substance of what he says, is that 
he always, uh, when you see him on television, he always has the top button of his shirt buttoned. And I wonder why he does that. I'm not talking about when he's wearing a tie. I'm talking about just if he's wearing a blazer or just like a regular really? old button down. He always buttons the top button. I feel like he's trying to like set himself apart from other television personalities with this one thing. Like, oh, he's the guy who buttons a shirt all the way to the top. It's very, very odd to me. Uh, okay. I'm no fashion plate, but that does seem nerdy. Well, I'm the best dressed man in Philadelphia sports, so I, I pick well, up on things like this. Listen, if you say you're the best dressed man in Philadelphia sports media, that's a low bar. <laughs> True. All right. So Chris Sims uh, goes on PFT Live on NBC and kind of picks up on what Micah Parsons had to say and takes it, I think, to quite the extreme. Here it is, Chris Sims. It's an incredible system that that coach has never even ran before, but they had to run it because they couldn't run their system with Jalen Hurts. It's the best offensive line in football. It's the best defensive line in football. I mean, it's it's just not for the 49ers. They're the best defense in football. It's the best rushing attack in football. It's the arguably the best duo at receiver, not named Waddle and Tyreek Hill in football. And it, it's not that far off from them. It's a really good tight end in Dallas Goddard when he's out there. So this is one of those where I feel like it's setting up where it's just like the quarterback of the best teams and to win the MVP. And I want to go, there's just no way he's more valuable to his team than Mahomes, Burrow, or Allen. Like, no way. All right. He's he's not acknowledging Hurts' greatness at all. No. And the season he's having. He's, to me, completely downgrading. And he's also saying the team is pretty damn great. But he's going beyond dividing the compliment, essentially saying Hertz is just a passenger on the bus. Yeah, he is. And what's interesting about what he's saying is the point about the idea that Sirianni, Nick Sirianni and Shane Steichen had to scrap the offense that they presumably wanted to run and build one around Jalen Hurts' skills, which is correct insofar that that's what they did last season. They were 2-5 and five through 7 games. They had been playing a certain way. And they adjusted and shifted, and the Eagles have basically taken off since then. I mean, you can look at that one of two ways. You can look at it and say, any quarterback who doesn't fit what a coach wants to do is inherently not good because we should a team should always be deferring to what a coach wants to run. But you could also look at it, and I think most people look at it and say, well, Nick Sirianni and Shane Steichen did a great job of understanding how Jalen Hurts would thrive and placing him in the best possible position so that he could succeed at this level. And then the other aspect of that, too, is that because of Hurts' skills and his, as Liam Neeson would say and take in his particular set of skills, he can, they run this offense and he's really the only guy who can run it. And that's what makes it so difficult to defend. He can run. He can throw. It's all predicated on him. He is the system. So I'm not sure what Sims has, has, says has a whole lot of validity to it. All right. Now I want to play Dan Orlovsky, uh, who, like Chris Sims, was a backup quarterback in the NFL, didn't have a particularly distinguished career, but has gone on to uh, be an analyst. Orlovsky on ESPN. I, I find Orlovsky one of the brightest guys around. Well, I, should, I don't even need to give it the buildup. This is Dan Orlovsky on the same subject. Jalen Hurts is the most improved passer I've ever seen in my life. Uh, Jalen, Josh didn't have issues coming out of college. This guy's ability to make really tight coverage placement throws is so impressive. I've never seen a guy transform this way. 
I was the person who said, you're freaking crazy to move on from Carson Wentz for Jalen Hurts. And I was the person who said, if Jalen plays as good as he can, it's not as good as Carson Wentz can. I was wrong. Mm -hmm. I mean, this kid has the running ability that is very rare. And in many ways, and this sounds outrageous, he's become Drew Brees-like in the pocket. Mm. He has become a pinpoint thrower from the pocket. And that is unlike anything that I've seen. Jalen Hurts is the most approved passer. Okay. He liked it so much he said it twice. Yeah. <laughs> so, a, a couple of things. I will admit being in the same wrong corner of thinking, I don't know this kid's ever going to be as good as Carson Wentz. I, I didn't see it coming out of college, and I was, well, I was shocked both at the downfall of Carson Wentz and how good Jalen Hurts is. Mm-hmm. Drew Brees. Yeah. Pretty heady uh, company there, don't you think? Very heady company. Uh, An interesting comparison. I think, look, I'm with you on Dan. I think he's really smart. He's also a great guy. Uh, Gotten to know him a little bit and... You know, just a sharp, sharp guy uh, when get it comes him to on breaking. The show. Yeah, Let's get him on the show. Uh, well, we should, we should. I can get him on the show. Um, but with respect to Breeze and Hurts in that comparison, uh, I would need to see more of it from Jalen over time. I mean, look, I- I've said this a number of times to you on this show. I've said it to other people. The thing that has impressed me most about Hurts this season is that he doesn't do dumb things. He doesn't do dumb stuff. Uh, he doesn't throw the ball up for grabs. He doesn't make plays where you go oh my god what was he thinking on that and as far as his accuracy goes I'm not it's true as far as Dan takes it which is the throws he's been making so far this season have been on target uh it's a little different with respect to Breeze because Breeze doesn't did not have the running ability that Hurts has and the ability to soften a defense that way you know every defense that the Eagles plays the Eagles play has to account for the fact that Hurts can take off at any time or, you know, has a designed run, and nobody who ever played the Saints had to worry about that with Breeze. So in some ways, it was more difficult for Breeze to make the kind of throws that he made. Yeah, I, I think he's comparing the, the, like the pocket presence yes. and, the, and, and the ability to see. Neither are particularly tall. I think he's also talking about the ability to see over the line and do that. Um, so, you know, who's more right? I mean, I'm, I'm clearly closer to Orlovsky than Sims. I think Orlovsky actually may go even a little beyond my assessment of how great Hertz has been so far, and I do think he's the MVP. You know, Sims ends up in that in that segment comparing, they're saying essentially that Gardner Minshew could do the same thing. Yeah, um, which he could not. He could not. Right. Yeah, oh, go ahead. No, he, he can't because the entire system that the Eagles run on offense is predicated on Jalen Hurts being Jalen Hurts. It, it It is, he can run. He can hand it to Miles Sanders. Everything that comes out of what the Eagles want to do offensively comes out of Jalen Hurts. He really is the nerve center of the whole thing. It is, yes. It, it, it is the marriage of the two, his ability to run, his ability to pass, and that they've developed the skills around him and then around the team. He's been well coached. They've... They've essentially developed a system designed to maximize his talent. So when Sim says, you know, they had to scrap their system for him, well, it's I would scrap is the wrong word. They had the opportunity to develop a system around the unique skills. Isn't that what you just said? Yes. Particular set of skills. Particular set of skills. Yes, of this kid. To say somebody is a system quarterback, I know where it stems from, right? It stems from when you had quarterbacks who didn't have an arm and you just get them in, don't make a mistake. 
But I don't see, in this case, system quarterback as a negative. Listen, when he came out of the draft, the question was what kind of offense could he run? Right. They figured out the offense that suits his skills. Sirianni and Steichen, man, have done a great job in that regard. We never talk about Sean Steichen because I think we're not really sure, like, where does Nick end and he begin? But he calls the plays, and he's done a great job. Um, in in the NFL, the system is the quarterback. It's not he's he's a system quarterback because the system is designed around him because he does it all so well. Yes. Let, let me just give you a couple numbers. Sure. Joe Capadia, our friend, mm-hmm. uh, did a piece earlier this week. Two things that are pretty damn impressive when you look at them together. Jalen Hurts has produced 52 plays of 20-plus yards this season, second in the league only to Patrick Mahomes. At the same time, he has the fewest turnovers of any starting quarterback in the NFL, five. It's really hard to do both of those things. Darn right. Darn right. And and two, two things to, to what Sims said. Number one, Mike Lombardi was on the morning show on Friday and made a great point. You know... It, the system, to the point of the system, is the quarterback. You know, if if you're Bill Walsh in San Francisco and you have Joe Montana, you take Montana's skills for throwing with timing, accuracy, the kind of uh, ballet-like footwork that he had, and you you put him into the West Coast offense because that's going to accentuate those skills in a way that another system wouldn't. You don't play three yards in a cloud of dust when you have Joe Montana and Dwight Clark and then Jerry Rice and Roger Craig. You run a system that takes advantage of what your players do well. And as far as Chris Sims goes, I have to say this, Glenn, to continue the the Liam Neeson taken uh, metaphor here. If, if he conti- hunt him down now? Well, if he continues to speak about Jalen Hurts this way, uh, you know, if he stops the criticism, I'm sure that'll be the end of it. But if he doesn't, Eagles fans will look for him, they will pursue him, and they will kill him. Oh, I'm afraid. Careful. careful. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Everybody knows that's the line from the movie. I know. Well, I, I know that. But these days you get the I know. I know. All right. Let's talk to some people. Rich in Wilmington is with us. Good morning, Rich. Good morning. How are you? Hey, All Rich. Right. Uh, two little quick points. One... Um, about the Micah Parsons thing, I, I feel as though people have missed the other side of this, which was when I listened to it, you had a prominent player in our biggest rival basically saying this team, not just Jalen Hurts is in a good system, but this team is so good. He was so effusive about how good the whole team was. I mean, because I've heard the people come on before and say, to your point, oh, he's in a passing offense. Oh, he throws all the time. But he was going on about the entire team and how good all of it was, which is kind of an odd thing for someone that, as I say, is on our biggest rival who potentially doesn't look like it's going to come, it's going to matter, but we could have a meaningful So if if that's the case, and I, and I, pretty much agree with you on this i think it's that he i think he did the opposite of was what he was trying to do i yeah. think what he was trying to do was not fire anybody up to just say oh yeah he's good but you know they're all good it's a really good team around him and they got a great line which is i don't think he meant to be dismissive about it rich i think what he meant to do is what athletes do and that's just kind of not create the bulletin board material and he ended up doing no, the opposite. I, I, com- I completely agree with you. I completely agree with you. I was just struck by 
he didn't just say he throws a lot. He didn't just say, you know, and he's got some good receivers. He's got great line, and he's got great receivers, and they've got a great defense. And he just sort of kept going further. And I just was struck by the fact that he didn't just stick to one thing. And, and But I do agree that he wasn't trying to fire anybody up. I was just surprised at how far he went in yeah. complimenting yeah. all aspects. Well, um, I, I was just I would just right. say this, Rich. Um, I think there's one factor we have to take into consideration here when you're talking about what Parsons said, which is that if you go back to the game that the Eagles and Cowboys played earlier this season, the Eagles' play calling and scheme had Parsons kind of on a string all night. Uh, you know, if you watch the telecast, I believe it was NBC that night. I forget if it was a Monday night game or a Sunday night game, but there was a lot of emphasis on how the play calling and the blocking schemes were confusing Parsons. They were kind of using his aggressiveness against him. So from his perspective, I'm sure he looks at the Eagles and says, boy, they outthought me in that game. It wasn't as if he had a one-on-one shot that tackled Jalen Hurts and Hurts juked him and, and Parsons missed him. You know, it was more the system, the Eagles system put me in bad position. So I'm sure that kind of influenced how he's looking at this question too. Yeah, that was the best part of that game, man. They made him look bad. Yeah, they did. <laughs> they really it was, did. It was brilliant. You had a guy who was the best defensive player of the year uh, of the season so far. And you have those broadcasters going into the game, oh, unstoppable, Michael yeah. Parsons. And they just, you said, uh, yo-yo or whatever you just said. They had him going back and forth against his uh, own momentum. It was brilliant. Yep. It was. Uh, okay, Bob and Delco, hang on. We will. I, I don't like to make anybody from Delco hang long, so we will get you in the next segment. Uh, you know what we are talking about. By the way, coming up, our um, uh, feature today on This Week in Philadelphia Sports History is it is the anniversary of two, actually three, momentous things. On the same day, the Phillies traded for Roy Halladay. Great! And <laughs> traded away Cliff Lee. Not Horrible. great. No, <laughs> Not great. <laughs> no. And on uh, 364 days later, it was uh, Cliffmas season when they the Phillies re-signed Cliff Lee. And Ruben Amaro, who was the guy who did all those deals, is going to join us at 11. We'll talk about that, and we'll talk about the current state of the Phillies and what they have done. A lot of Eagles talk because they are just so great. Uh, we'll get a little bit into Joel Embiid, thinking the fans want to trade him. I want Mike's take on that. But we do want to hear from you, 215-592-9494. We'll be here until 1 o'clock today. Uh, best caller of the day, by the way, gets a $50 gift card from Shive Vintage Sports, where there's a story in every stitch. Shop their Center City or Wayne locations or visit them at shivesports.com for unique gifts for every sports fan on your list. Along with Mike Sielski, I'm Glenn Mack now. Hey, United Tires holiday specials have arrived. Get some of their best tires at the very best prices now. Make sure your tires are ready for all the holiday travel. Call or go to unitedtire.com for specials or stop by your local United Tire store today. The weather doesn't get much better from here, so if you're needing tires, now is the time to take advantage of great savings at United Tire. Don't drive alone. Drive United. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? 
Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.